this is Base Layer, brought to you by Arca. I'm your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Jake Yokumpayat, the project lead of Decred, with me today. This is a really important conversation that was really spun by the recent findings about the massive exposure of Grin about Mimblewimble. Um, effectively, what happened is that a researcher, um, someone at Dragonfly Capital, posted their findings on Medium uh, a few days ago, um, and it basically stated that Mimblewimble's privacy is fundamentally flawed, using only $60 a week of AWS spend, I was able to uncover the exact addresses of senders and recipients for 96% grin transactions in real time. So this was a conversation that was, as I said, spun from that finding and a lot of the talk that was happening. Now, as it relates to people who may not be in the digital asset slash crypto sandbox, privacy is an issue uh, that is addressed by different projects out there. There is a project called Zcash. There is one called Monero. We've actually had Monero on the show before. We've also had Beam on the show before, too, and Beam uses Mimblewimble. And so we talked a lot about the differences between what Decred is and what those projects are. And we talked a lot about this notion of privacy. What is privacy in the modern age of digitalization? What is privacy in the age of blockchains? What does that mean? And so, again, we talked a lot about this issue that came to light, and Jake does a fantastic fantastic job going through that. And then we talked a lot about privacy, and it was a great conversation that was encompassing across a lot of different spectrums. And so please remember, nothing on Layer is investment advice, so please do your own research. And on the flip side, you're going to hear a great conversation with Jake from Decred. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Base Layer. I have Jake Alcompat from the project lead for Decred. Uh, we've had uh, someone from Decred on the show before, and I think it's a really important time to have this conversation again in light of some things that have come to um, a lot of uh, folks' attentions regarding some things with another project, another uh, protocol, Mimblewimble and some issues that have happened as regards to Grin and some of the exposure and some of the privacy issues that have happened. And so Jake and I are going to have a great conversation about privacy as it relates to this new digital age and to blockchains and to things that are happening within this world. But Jake, if you could, what I like to do on the show, as everyone knows, is effectively, uh, if you could, uh, before we get into, again, what Decred is, and you know, folks can also uh, you know, look back on another show that we had uh, to talk a little bit about that. But as a, the the fact is that you're the project lead, um, you know, if you could, I would really love to hear a minute or two of your story, kind of how you got into this world. You know, how did you effectually, you know, become the project lead of Decred? Why did you get into this world? What led you down this this path? Okay, I'll uh, you know I'll keep it brief. I can run my mouth for far too long on this topic. Um, so let's see. So I've been in the space since uh, late 2012, early 2013. Um, in early 2013, I got involved with a team of developers. We created an alternative full node Bitcoin implementation 
called uh, BTC Suite. And the idea was to make a, you know, a full, uh, like a full stack Bitcoin node that was, uh, that did everything that the Bitcoin core client did. And, uh, you know, we ran the ball in that direction for a while. And the, the, uh, you know, what I ended up seeing after a couple of years of doing that, say from 2013 to 2015 is, is that while Bitcoin is great, I felt like it was, uh, you know, not very fair, particularly from a governance, uh, aspect. And then that led me to uh, start, you know, casting about to see if there was another better kind of uh, system to create here. And uh, I, I ended up finding something that was this hybrid proof of work, proof of stake uh, consensus algorithm, and it was present in Memcoin too. And then we saw that and felt that it was really fair. I got in touch with the founders, and then that ultimately became Decred. So the so the work on, uh, you know, to create Decred started in the spring of 2014. And then mm-hmm. in the spring of 2016 is when we launched. And, you know, ever since then, I've been uh, focusing pretty much full time on uh, on the Decred project. And, and so, again, there we do have, you know, a body of work uh, to talk about what Decred is. People can check that out. Um, and we have had other uh, projects that have addressed privacy like Monero. Uh, we had uh, Ricardo Spagna on to talk about that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because you wrote a great article kind of breaking down the differences, you know, based off of mathematic kind of properties uh, of some of these different privacy type of projects. Um, but as I alluded to, um, one of the reasons why we're having this conversation is that Ivan from Dragonfly Capital published something a few days ago. You can find that all on Medium. Um, Mimblewimble's privacy is fundamentally flawed. Using only $60 a week of AWS spend, he was able to uncover the exact addresses of senders and recipients for 96% of Grin transactions in real time. The problem is inherent to Mimblewimble, and he doesn't believe there is a way to fix it. This means Mimblewimble should no longer be considered a viable alternative to Zcash or Monero and Decred when it comes to privacy. So let's talk about that. You know, as this is kind of the reason why we're having this conversation, you know, effectively, let's talk about that. And then I want to also understand what differentiates Decred from some of the other projects like Monero, like Zcash. But I, I want to get into that because that is, you know, again, the topic du jour right now and everyone's talking about it. So break it, break it down for us. You are a subject matter expert on this. You've been in this space for years. What happened? Why is it important to people that are outside of our sandbox? And what are the implications? Sure thing. Um, so th- what's happened here recently with uh, Mimblewimble, uh, you know, there's, I want to say there's three implementations of it. There's Grin, there's Beam, and there's, and there's Tari. So the, these three implementations of this proposed Mimblewimble protocol, th- they all, uh, you know, they all rely on the same sort of technological base. And that, it, you know, the, the original proposal includes ways to, uh, to change the structure of a transaction. And effectively, you can do that and get a whole bunch of scaling benefits, and then you can also get a bunch of privacy benefits. So that whole system has been called into question by, uh, you know, or sort of the the uh, what is it the uh, you know the deliverables of that system have been called into into question, particularly the linkability of transactions in that in those systems uh, by this research uh, that was recently published. And so in the research, what they what they claim is they claim that it is possible to link with a 96% certainty 
you know, transactions on the network with a really low spend per, you know, per, per your introduction. And, and that's a big problem because linkability is one facet of privacy for a lot of projects. So there's really, there's two facets and uh, most projects address the facets, uh, the facets separately. So there's the facet of linkability. So for example, if I send, if I send, uh, you know, funds from, you know, myself to, to David, and then David knows that I sent the funds to him so he can identify, you know, the, the, the transaction that I sent. But then there's a whole bunch of questions that goes, okay, well, can he see the rest of the coins I can control? Can he, uh, you know, infer my net worth? Can he see the other people I'm doing business with? This is where linkability really comes in. So linkability allows people to effectively infer a graph of people or entities that are connected to you. And mm -hmm. so that linkability has been called into question by the, you know, the work that's been published. Now, th there's another facet of, of privacy, which is uh, amount privacy. So there's the ability to link things together and see those connections on a blockchain. And then there's also the ability to see how much, you know, how much funds, you know, how much money is moving on the chain. Mm -hmm. So the, the, uh, the amount privacy has not been broken or damaged, but the linkability is very much uh, in question here. And, and the irony of this is that I, I had just recently uh, published a, an article where I profiled the privacy of several different, uh, several different privacy projects mm -hmm. like Zcash, uh, Monero, and then the Mimblewimble coins. And mm -hmm. I actually had explicitly called out, and this is a few, you know, I guess this is two or three months ago now, that one of the major problems with Mimblewimble is that because of the way transaction aggregation occurs with Mimblewimble, the, there, there are not privacy guarantees in place regarding uh, publishing Mimblewimble transactions. So just to give you an idea of how they, Mimblewimble addresses linkability is that they have linkability um, obscured by merit of the fact that when you, when you create a block in the Mimblewimble protocol, what you're doing is you're aggregating all of the transactions into one sort of you know, mega transaction. So you might have 50 transactions in a block, but then you squish them all together so that there's just a bunch of inputs and a bunch of outputs. And the, the nice part about that is, is that that, you know, assuming no one can uh, only, only gets those blobs of information, those blocks, they can't see who the spenders and who the spend senders and receivers are, and they can't link things. Right. Now, uh, what the what the attack observes is that you can you can watch the network very closely and listen to all these transactions before they get aggregated into blocks. And by merit of that listening before they're aggregated, you can then infer what is linked to what. Despite the fact that if you look back at the blockchain, historically speaking, you're like, I don't know what I don't know what's the you know what's going on historically with this. But if a if a uh, determined attacker is going to sit and surveil the network persistently, they can you know infer links between the various uh, you know between the various people on the network. And right. then if you combine this, say, well, you know, with KYC AML information at an exchange or across several exchanges, it's a it's a pretty serious threat to uh, privacy on the network. So. I, I think we should address the 800-pound gorilla in the room that people outside of the digital asset slash blockchain slash crypto sandbox believe that things like Bitcoin, for instance, are anonymous. And we've had to obviously talk to many people about that, that it's actually pseudonymous. And in your blog post, which you guys can find at blog.decred.com, Org, and we'll uh, obviously link to that. Um, you talk about that Bitcoin does not implement any substantial sub substance privacy features in Bitcoin beyond being able to manually select input UTXOs. 
but an alternative Bitcoin wallet, Wasabi wallet, does implement privacy features. And so I want to talk to you, obviously, you know, as Decred is really making strides in privacy. What is privacy in, in crypto these days? What does it mean? What is it? Well, I guess I, I guess that you know, let's start in even slightly more general than that, which would be, you know, what is the purpose of privacy in general? The purpose of privacy in general is that if someone, you know, in the context, and I say this in the context of, you know, human beings that are sort of sentient animals running around on, on the surface of the earth, because, you know, you know, privacy to a fish really doesn't matter. So, um, you know, I, I guess it does because it might get eaten if it doesn't have any privacy. Right. But, but the upshot being that in, intelligent beings need privacy because if you don't have privacy, other, other humans can tell what you're going to do before you do it and then outmaneuver you. So, for example, if you think, you know, uh, you know, you might hold a certain set of beliefs, if somebody can get ahead of you and sort of outmaneuver you, they can manipulate how you think, they can manipulate what you believe, and they can, you know, let's say you, somebody figures out you take a certain route home after you've, you're done with work every day. They could ambush you on that route as long as they have information about where you're going to be and when you're going to be there. So that's, that's the big picture with privacy. It's also why governments care about things like stealth technology. Mm -hmm. um, so in the context of, of blockchains, that same, you know, that same principle appears, which is that if someone can predict, can tell where you are and what you're doing all of the time, that is, you have no privacy, it stands to reason that they can then predict what you're going to do and where you're going to be. So the, the ability, you know, not having privacy on a blockchain leads to people basically being able to outmaneuver you and, and manipulate you. And that's, that's the, you know, that's the very big picture consequence of privacy. And that's why I think, you know, it's necessary in the context of a blockchain. So I think there are folks out there, and again, we'll get a little philosophical here, and then I want to learn more about how Decred is differentiating itself from other projects out there. But, you know, I think there are folks out there that believe two things, you know, as it relates to crypto, air quotes. I'm trying not to use that phrase on anymore, but as it relates to crypto, that it's very volatile. And as we've seen with Bitcoin, it can be very volatile. You know, as the, as the time of this recording, you know, the price of Bitcoin has capitulated down a little bit and everyone's kind of, you know, hemming and hawing about that. But the other thing is, is that this idea of privacy and people outside of, again, the sandbox almost believe that privacy is not a feature. It's actually a bug. And that privacy allows bad actors to take advantage of these, of these kind of, these tools these projects, these assets. Um, in your opinion, is privacy a human right? I feel like uh, there's an expectation of privacy of a certain amount, you know, you know, as an independent being. And so a lot of people try to try to frame this in terms of bad actors might do something bad. And I mean, that, that goes for literally every kind of tool that humans have ever invented the wrong person can figure out how to start a fire and set your garage on fire. The wrong kind of person could, you know, take a rock and cave your head in. And so this idea of, of, of turning, uh, you know, technology into a surveillance tool to prevent bad actors from being bad is, you know, I see it as fundamentally against the, uh, you, you know, sort of, sort of 
the kind of society that at least I want to live in. I'm not interested in living in a society where everyone is treated like a criminal because maybe let's say one out of every hundred or one out of every thousand people is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So, so I feel like, uh, you know, it, it really depends a lot on, on your philosophy and how you approach the, you know, the world around you. That is, you know, I don't feel like I should assume people I meet are criminals or bad people. And so I, you know, I don't, I'm not supportive of this idea that, uh, you know, there should be no assumption of privacy on part of, uh, you know, people who are born in this day and age in human society. So we've talked about, we brought up Grin, we brought up uh, some of the other, uh, we brought up Beam, uh, we've brought up some projects that are leveraging Mimblewimble, which has been apparently shown to have this deficiency. So as it relates to Monero, to Zcash, to Grin, to Beam, what differentiates Decred? We take a different approach to, uh, you know, to privacy. We, we had been sitting on our privacy work for a couple of years and it took us a while to get it to the point where we felt that it was, you know, fully baked enough to go out the door. And now that it is, if I had to describe what really differentiates us from, you know, from these other projects is that our goal is to create something that is, you know, simple so that it's not really confusing, doesn't require a whole lot of extra te- you know, technological tools, cryptographic tools. Um, and to uh, make it, uh, you know, adaptable so that like, let's say something changes in the future, we're not stuck with, you know, one privacy system forever, or like, let's say something breaks, it doesn't mean that all the privacy is, you know, is undone. And then the other thing that we try to do is we try to be creative with how we implemented it. So if we look at, let's say all of these other, I'll, I'll just talk about the top three ones, right? So uh, Zcash, Monero, and, Mim- and the Mimblewimble coins is that they take the approach of privacy first as like, you know, they are projects that are literally focused on privacy primarily. And, and, you know, Decred doesn't have that same, uh, you know, have that same approach. So we figured let's let, let's let these guys do what they're going to do. And we're going to see how, you know, how, what they do and what works and what doesn't work. And one thing that, that I observed is, is that at least in the case of Zcash and Monero is they have a very serious shortcoming. If we look down the road, say 10, 20, 30 years, which is that they cannot prune their blockchains, at least the parts that are private in the case of Zcash. And what that means is that let's say we fast forward 20 years in the future. That means you need to keep every single transaction that is, you know, that is shielded in Zcash and all the transactions in Monero around because you can't tell which ones are spent and which ones are not. Whereas if you look at, say, Bitcoin, you can easily tell which ones are spent and which ones are not and then ignore all of the old spent uh, transactions, right, or transaction outputs. So what we tried to do is we tried to keep that ability to prune and, you know, and add privacy in a, you know, in a creative way. And, and what we ended up seeing where it is, is that we have a hybrid proof of work, proof of stake uh, cons- consensus algorithm. And that proof of stake uh, component requires people to continually be opting in to purchase these tickets. And then the tickets go into a lottery and then they vote and then they get the coins back out and then they can, you know, do the process again. So what we did is we overlaid our privacy with the staking process uh, within Decred. And the reason we did that is that, you know, half of Decred is locked up in proof of stake. So that's a lot of coins. And then on, you know, on a daily basis, roughly 1.8% of the entire Decred issuance is used to purchase new tickets every day. So by, by layering our privacy over top of that, we get privacy that has very different properties and, a, a, you know, a much, much better anonymity set than a lot of these other uh, projects that, uh, that, that offer opt-in privacy. Now, the, the three projects that I talked about, Zcash, Monero, and, and Mimblewimble, all have, uh, you know, well, they have privacy by default. Zcash has opt-in. 
But uh, what ends up happening here is, is that we end up having a very strong, uh, you know, privacy solution, despite the fact that we, we don't have any deep consensus changes like, uh, you know, ZKPs in the form of ZK snarks and Zcash. We don't have uh, ring signatures and we don't have uh, confidential transactions, which are used by both, uh, you know, Monero and uh, Mimblewimble. So what we did to, st- to set ourselves apart is we made it as simple as possible. And, and the solution that we consider to be the simplest is um, uh, Coin Shuffle++. Plus Plus. And the reason we settled on this is that it uses only very basic cryptographic primitives. There's no, you know, you don't need to know anything about ring signatures. You don't need to know anything about zero knowledge proofs. And um, that's a, you know, that's a huge weight off in terms of uh, the requirements and prerequisites to implement it. So it only, it only uses basic things like, uh, you know, key exchanges, session keys, hash algorithms, and then, you know, some, you know, some multivariate mathematics. And that, that compared to these other, you know, these other, uh, say, ZKP-based uh, solutions is actually a lot simpler. So we ended up, with, you know, finding something that we felt was very simple that someone had already proposed, and then we were able to implement it within Decred, and it actually didn't even require any consensus changes. So that's uh, you know that's really how we how we sit relative to these uh, to these other projects. Right. I'm curious as it relates to privacy, as it relates to Monero, as it relates to you know Zcash, as it relates to the user. And I think you know a lot of projects have been building, building, building. And, you know, there's 7 billion people out there in the planet, and many of them have different rationales for wanting specific assets like Bitcoin or Decred. Um, If you were to take a look and the conversations that you had with your community leaders out there, where is privacy really prevalent? Because from what I can tell here in the United States, Privacy is starting to become an issue. We saw 40 attorney generals start to probe Google, for instance, about their data usage and their privacy. Um, you know, the rules we saw, obviously, the whole Facebook and Cambridge Analytica kind of, uh, you know, soap opera play out. Where in the world, from what you can tell in your conversations, again, with your community leaders, and I know you have fantastic ones, where is privacy really a hotbed issue? I feel like you know privacy is not going to appeal to everyone right away. Some people are obviously very into privacy, and others are very much not. Uh, you know, people see privacy as a feature they want, but in some, you know, only some people are willing to, for example, say go and buy you know Zcash or Monero, you know, for the privacy uh, aspects. Whereas with Decred, uh, you know, from a value proposition, people just see it as, wow, you know, I get that too on top of these other things that we do in terms of our, uh, you know, our governance systems and so on. So, so in terms of how people place importance on it is, you know, my perception is that people have been wanting this for a while. People are, are nominally happy with the solution that we have, uh, that we've provided. But there's, you know, there's always more to do, and uh, you know, people people seem to want to see more privacy. So, so going off of, you know, feedback from the community, it seems that people like the work that's been done and definitely want to see more of it. And in terms of the demographics that you know that we see who are interested in this, 
I mean, it, it is a bit challenging for me to make broad statements on, the, you know, on this topic because, you know, for the most part, Decred really is an online community. There's a, there's a whole bunch of us. We're at events. We meet people. But our, you know, our following is really online. So it's, it's it, you know, it's difficult for me to infer exactly what people, uh, you know, what specific uses that, you know, that they have. But I think a lot of the people in our community are more privacy conscious than most. And, and we do have some overlap, say, between people who hold uh, uh, Decred and Monero and Bitcoin and Zcash and so on. And so going into 2020, when then the other thing that we like to do with some guests, especially ones that are you know project leads like yourself, going into 2020, what can we start to anticipate? What can we anticipate from Decred in terms of any kind of roadmap or milestones that we should be looking out for going forward? There's there there there's several of them. Let's see if I can if I can knock them out in in terms of what's coming soonest. So we recently had a proposal go up to build a uh, you know a decentralized exchange. We uh, we did this because I felt that most of the other uh, dexes were you know weren't doing it quite right. And what it comes down to is uh, you need it to be non-custodial. You need it to be uh, you know turnkey. That is you know you anyone can start it up and fire it up. And it needs to be uh, you know have uh, what is it pseudo-random order matching. The idea being that any, anytime you have first-in, first-out order matching, you can end up uh, getting front-run by high-frequency traders. That is, uh, you know, the first cut of this, the minimum viable product is going to be delivered and working sometime in, in, in Q1 of 2020. Um, we have a whole bunch more privacy features in the pipeline. And the reason I say privacy features is that um, in order for us to launch our privacy a couple months ago uh, with CoinShuffle++, we had to restrict it to, uh, you know, say command line users and, uh, you know, pe people who are, uh, you know, at least nominally tech savvy. And we're going to aim to integrate that into the, all of our wallets so that people all have the option to uh, opt into privacy. So there's a whole series of changes that need to be made to make that happen. That's going to be going on for, uh, you know, probably the next six to nine months. Um, another major deliverable that we have going into 2020 is we are going to be decentralizing the treasury. Um, the way the project works is that it's governed by the stakeholders. So even though I'm the project lead, the major decisions in the project, for example, consensus changes, have to be made by the stakeholders. I'm one of the stakeholders, but you know I can't by myself ram anything through. So um, we have governance of a couple types already present in the system. We have the ability for people to vote on consensus changes, the ability for proof of stake uh, stakeholders to uh, penalize uh, bad miners. And then we also have the ability for people to vote on how project funding and, you know, what projects we take on, you know, in addition to what we're already working on. And the, the fourth piece in this is decentralizing control of the treasury funds. 10% of every treasury of every block in Decred goes to a treasury organization, which is currently a centralized corporate entity, and that is going to be replaced by a smart contract uh, once we get this work done. So that the funds that are controlled by Decred, which is something like 600,000 Decred right now, and that's uh, something like $10 million, the exchange rates all over the place lately. So, you know, it's a, it's a decent amount of money and it, it allows us to keep uh, the project turning over, you know, month after month, year after year and not have to seek uh, external funding. So that's a really important piece. And that's sort of on our path to becoming a DAO. And then, um, oh yeah. And then the lightning network, uh, the, the lightning network is going, is incorporated in our new release candidate for uh, release one five zero. There's uh, release one five Oh RC two, which is out right now. And that release candidate includes support for the Lightning Network in the, uh, you know, in our graphical client called Decrediton. So that is, you know, that's starting to get deployed and we're going to be building up the Lightning Network over the next, you know, year or two. 
Amazing. 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 You guys seem like you're really hitting on a lot of different cylinders there. And so again, this was a really uh, important conversation in light of what happened uh, in light of, the, uh, of that finding with Mimble Wimble. Um, Jake, thank you so much for the conversation about what's going on with Decred and with the privacy efforts and about the philosophical conversation about privacy. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, as it sounded like, you guys have a ton of things on the roadmap for 2020. We hope to have you back on and to catch up and see how everything's progressing. Again, this was Jake Yakampia, the project lead for Decred. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks a lot, Jake. Thanks for having me on, David. For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash baselayer. Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on Baselayer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself, David Nage at DavidJN79. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space and the financial terms you understand, please visit www.ar.ca for articles, market commentary, videos, and more.